This is the Christian Life Center podcast. Here at CLC, we are messengers of hope, where we believe in taking God's message of hope everywhere we go to everyone we meet. From wherever you are, be encouraged by this week's message. If you're going to live God's best life for you, there's two things that you've got to have. The first thing that you've got to know and you've got to have in your life is you've got to know what God's purpose is. You've got to know the purposes of God. You've got to know, you've got to know what God desires for you. To know God's purposes and to understand it and to walk in it. The first purpose of God, I want you to write it down in your outlines. The first purpose purpose of God is to know and love God, to know and love the Lord. You see, here we read a moment ago in Ephesians that God already desires, he's already had a plan to pour his love on you and I. He knows you. He loves you. He has designed you. He has divinely created you and has a plan and a purpose for you, but he wants you to love him back. He wants you to understand his love. He wants you to to walk in it. But his desire for you and I, the first plan and purpose that God has is that we know him and we love him. That we learn to walk in him and understand him. The tragedy for so many is that they don't know why God created them. They don't know what God's plan is. They don't know what God wants. And so they live their entire life. They walk on this treadmill. They're going through life. They're going through it. And yet they have no understanding what the purpose of God is. God has a plan for you and his plan is to love you. He has formed you and fashioned you and he wants you to learn to love him back. Can I hear an amen? You see, my greatest purpose, your greatest purpose is to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Everything that's in us. Now that's one of the primary purposes that we have as a church is that you learn to love God. You know, there's a lot of people that know a lot of things, right? They know a lot about business. They know about sports. I can talk to some people and they know who the key people are. They know, they know all the stats. They know everything that's going on. They know who was on the cover of People magazine, but they don't know God. They don't understand the Lord. Isn't that a tragedy? Because God's first purpose, what brings pleasure to God is that you learn to love him, you learn to worship him, that you know him and you love him. Look with me at another verse here uh, that I want to share with you. It's found in Revelation 4. Revelation uh, 4 and verse 11, it says, you are worthy. You are worthy of, O Lord, you are worthy to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and they exist because you created, uh, because you created what you please. Can I hear an amen today? You see, God's desire, he created you to, 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 to let you know that not only does he love you, but that you and I would learn to love him in return. Now, 
what I talked about earlier in our service about the encounter weekend, man, the encounter is a wonderful opportunity just to begin to understand the love of God, the Father's love, to know how to walk in God's love, how to, in a deeper way, come to love him and appreciate him, to strip off the things of this world so that you can come into alignment with the will and the plan of God. Now, when I talk about these purposes of God, I just want you to understand, I believe this message, maybe more than any other message that we have preached, is a message that un, uh, just unleashes and opens up doors for you to walk in such joy and fulfillment, and most of all, to know that you're bringing pleasure to God. What does God want for your life? So many people say, I don't know what God wants. I don't, I don't know what God desires. Well, today, these purposes, to know and understand the purposes of God will help you to know what brings pleasure to the Lord. Now, I said earlier, and I want to say again, if you've not been on an encounter, if you haven't come with us on that journey, man, I want to invite you. We've got one in two weeks because it will open up and it will bring revelation to what God has for you. You'll see on the screen here a way that you can find more about the encounter and you can just sign up right there. The second purpose of God, the second thing that brings joy to God, to live your best life for God, you gotta know God's purpose. The second purpose for God is not only that I love him, but I've got to learn to love others. Can I say amen together with you? Because I'm in that with you. As an introvert, as someone that's easy to pull back and, and just, uh, you know, get into my own thing and, and my, you know, my own affairs and what's going on in my life, man, when I understand the purpose of God, it pushes me out of my self-centeredness and it pushes me to a place that I begin to understand that I was not created by God to walk through life alone and isolated. That I am better together with others. That, that God wants to minister to me in relationship with others. In conflict, in difficulty, when things are tense. You know what God God is doing is he's refining me. He's refining you. That's why we are called the family of God. Say family of God. Turn to someone and say, you're in my family. You're a part of God's family. And that's what makes you unique. Yes, you are. You're a part of God's family. When you became a believer, when you gave your life to Christ and you accepted the Lord into your heart, you were born again and you became a part of God's spiritual family. Now, the beautiful thing about the spiritual family, and that is what most of us are here, is a spiritual family. The beautiful thing about the spiritual family is that your spiritual family will outlive your physical family. We love our physical family. We've been born into it. God divinely designed that and planned and purposed that. But you have a spiritual family and you will spend eternity with your spiritual family. And therefore, God never, never meant for you to go through life alone. In fact, God hates loneliness. How do I know that? It's because he said it's not good for man to be alone. 
He's not just talking about marriage. He's talking about life. We were created to have relationship like a family. There's support, there's bonding, there's encouragement like a family. You get annoyed, but it's working on you, right? It's shaping you and working on you. In fact, one of the dangers of COVID, because of COVID, we got isolated. Because of COVID, we began just to nurture ourselves spiritually with God to know him and to love him. And that is the first purpose of God. That is true. But it's not the only purpose of God. You see, I'm going to share with you these purposes. But if you're only doing one purpose, you're not bringing complete joy and satisfaction to the heart of God. God wants you to live out each of these purposes. And so COVID, COVID had me focusing on my relationship with God. It had me growing in God. It had me pursuing God. In fact, for many of us, we watched more sermons than we ever got in a week before COVID, right? We were binging on sermons from everybody, from everywhere. We were feeding the spirit, but that is only one purpose. We've got to live out all of them. And the second purpose is that you are a part of God's spiritual family. Can I tell you that it is impossible to live out God's purposes in, let me, okay, let me say almost impossible. It is almost impossible to live out all of God's purposes virtually. You're going to see it is so difficult. You can have virtual small groups. You can spiritually receive. But there is so many more things that God wants us to do to bring glory to him. Look at this next verse in 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 17 says, treat everyone you know uh, and everyone you meet with dignity. Here's the key part of the verse I want to emphasize. Love your spiritual family. Revere God, and I guess this one's applicable for now, respect the government. The outgoing party, the incoming party, it doesn't matter. Respect the government. If you're independent, if you're green, blue, red, yellow, whatever, respect the government. But that's not the part I want to focus on. I want to focus on love your spiritual family. Now, the question is, are you doing that? Are you loving your spiritual family? But pastor, how do I do that? Well, let me tell you, you can't love your spiritual family if you're not connected to your spiritual family. Well, I don't need a church, someone said. I, I, I can connect with God alone and all by myself. Well, sure, you can. However, you can't love people by yourself in isolation. You can't do it up in, uh, you know, up in the caves like a monk, you know, that's just isolated. Sure, you'll develop maturity with God, but you learn to love one another when you're connected with one another. Can I hear an amen? I don't like church, some people say. Church doesn't feed me. Well, can I tell you, if you don't like church and the people of God that's in the church, it's going to be hard for you because in eternity, you're going to spend eternity with the people that are around you. And therefore, 
Life is dress rehearsal for all of eternity. This is where we're getting used to loving one another, walking in unity, and being connected to one another. Let me share another verse with you. Romans chapter 12 and verse 5. So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of what? One body. And we all what? Belong to each other. So turn to someone around you online, nudge somebody and say, we're connected. You know, we're one family. We're the body of Christ. Those that are watching virtually, you might be with your physical family, but let me tell you, you've got a spiritual family as well. And here, Paul says, we've got to love our spiritual family. Now, one of the greatest things that we do to try to help you get connected, grow in your spiritual family, to know your spiritual family, to get your name in some people's devices and to get their names in your devices so that you can journey with one another, pray with one another, walk together together and love one another is through the life group. How many are in a life group across this auditorium? Raise your hand. God bless you. We have over 1,500 that are in a life group. So many of you that are watching virtually, I know that you're in a, a virtual life group and we're excited for the number that are in small groups. We have over 100 small groups, 104 I saw last night, 104 functioning active small groups right now. Many are meeting uh, virtually. Some are meeting uh, in parks and, and different places. I heard about one that was meeting in a restaurant the other night and then studying. There's so many different ways that our groups are meeting, but they're meeting and growing uh, together. And so the action step is if you're not in a group, I want to invite you to get connected with others. This is not enough. You don't learn to love one another in this setting, in the big setting. What you do is you worship God, you exalt God, you magnify God, but it's when you get connected with others, one or two of you, three or four of you, six or eight of you, whatever it is, you learn to love one another. The third purpose, you see, if we're going to live our best life, we got to know God's purpose. And the third purpose is we got to become like Christ. Now, I talked a lot about this two weeks ago. In fact, we gave you a plan uh, of how God desires for you to grow, to grow up. We gave you some stages, some phases of what spiritual growth looks like. The problem for many is they're in the church 20, 30, 40 years. They're there and, 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 and they've, they've been around a long time, but they don't really understand what are the stages of what God calls our spiritual journey of growth. Now, that's why I love School of Discipleship that we honored earlier because School of Discipleship in all three of those levels are designed to walk you through the phases and the stages of God. We're not trying to quickly microwave you as a leader. In fact, it's a long journey in many ways because what we're doing is we're allowing God to work his work of transformation so that you will grow in him. Because the most important thing of each stage and phase of your spiritual growth is that you are maturing and living the evidence of the growth. That there's fruit, there's evidence that you've gone from one stage to another stage. Unfortunately, there are many 
There are many that, that because they've been in the church a long time, they think that they're at another stage than where they really are. So we're really striving right now to help you to understand what does it mean to be a Christ follower? What's the evidence? What's the fruit? Where do you go? What's next in your spiritual journey? Pastor Nadine said last week in the sermon, if you heard it here at Fort Lauderdale, she said, you know, you can, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't what? You can't make it drink. We can provide the steps, the journey, the path. We can show you what the purposes of God are for your life, but we can't make you take the step. There's some that have been in church, maybe just not here, but church around the world. They've been there, but they're not taking steps. It's like the treadmill. They're running on a treadmill going around and around. What does that look like? You come to church on Sunday, you leave. You come to church on Sunday, you leave. Maybe you read your Bible during the week, maybe you don't, maybe you get a few media social posts during the week and it's just like little, you know, snacks that you're eating through the week and then you come to church and you leave. But the reality is if you were to pause today and look at the purposes of God and evaluate, where am I? On a scale to one to 10 on living this purpose. This is God's purpose. If you evaluate yourself, it begins to give you a plan. And what I love about the ministry of Christ is he received people where they were, but he never left them where they were. He led them to where they needed to be. And as his messenger today, his speaker today in this message, my encouragement is to say to you, God, help you. God, help me, help all of us. God, to know what is our next step. Maybe I was at a higher step, higher phase of spiritual growth and development and in, 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 in the journey that we shared two weeks ago, but maybe there's been a season I find myself getting apathetic. I find myself getting cold. My heart, my heart gotten cold. My, my, my attitude, my actions have all, they've all just kind of been, you know, in fact, 2020 has been a year like that, right? It's just kind of got a little messed up. Well, man, that's a moment to say, God, help me get back on the path of what you have for me. Now, honestly, to become like Christ requires you and me to develop the character of God in us. It's the nature of God. It's so easy to get focused on our careers, our houses, our jobs, our, our, our entertainment, our friends, family. It's so easy to get caught up in so many things around us. But the most important thing that we can't forget, it's not that those things are wrong, but the most important thing is that our character is being transformed into the likeness of Christ. And boy, what I learned a long time ago is God uses, he uses people to help me grow my character. He uses his word like we're studying today. And boy, I love it when God drops nuggets in and he brings refresher and reminders into our spirit, amen, that, that just motivates us and moves us. And God also though, thirdly, he uses people. He uses his word but often he'll also use circumstances of life, problems, situations, crisis, trials, tribulation. He'll use all of that to develop his purpose in me. Paul says it this way, look with me, Philippians chapter two and verse five. Look here, he says, Paul says, you must have what? If you can underline it or circle it, do it the same 
attitude that Jesus had. That's what he longs for you and me. Well, we talked about that pretty in depth a few weeks ago. So let me jump you to our fourth purpose, the fourth purpose that God has for you and I. The fourth purpose is that we, we begin to serve God by serving others. We serve God by serving others. Now, I referred to this earlier when we talked about our School of Discipleship graduates in the service. Let me read this scripture to you and and help you to see how Peter says it. In 1 Peter 4.10, Peter says, God has given each of you, so nudge your neighbor, look to a neighbor, point to someone and say, that's you, that's me. He's given each of you what? A gift, it's a spiritual gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them, use them well to serve one another. Now, when you begin to understand that you serve God by serving one another, then you begin to embrace, to embrace the idea that God has an assignment for you that there is a divine assignment. I call it your anointing. The anointing, it's not an anointing just for a few that God uses, evangelists or prophets or or teachers or, or pastors. All of us have an anointing that God departs and it's your gift, it's your divine design, it's the assignment that God has for you and our job is to discover it, to begin to develop it so that we can use it in building and expanding and growing the work of God in the body of Christ. The biblical word for this is ministry. Ministry is the same word for service, serving in the Bible. So if someone says, I'm in ministry, we think that in a sense, they're a pastor or a professional uh, pastor or employee or someone that's devoted all of their time to ministry. But biblically, that is not the idea. Yes, there was the function, the, the, the role of the pastor, the prophet, the evangelist, the apostle, the teacher to build up God's body, the, 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 the build up the saints, the believers to fulfill God's purpose. There is that function and I'm not, I'm not uh, down uh, playing that role or that function. I am operating in that function, in that role. But God also calls all of us to see that we have spiritual gifts and we use those spiritual gifts to serve God and that is ministry. So you may be a truck driver, you may be a school teacher, you may uh, uh, work in the service industry, you may have work outside the church that provides for your livelihood, and yet you are still in service ministry unto the Lord. Can I hear an amen? We call that your divine design, that God has shaped you, S-H-A-P-E. In School of Discipleship, we walk you through your shape, how God has divinely designed you. Shape, by the way, stands for spiritual gifts, 
Everybody has spiritual gifts. We can help you discover it. I can spend five, 10 minutes with somebody. I can ask you three, four, five questions. I can give you a couple assessments and I guarantee you, I can link you with three, four, five different ministries that are in because of years of doing this, working with God's people, training and helping people to discover their divine gifts and anointing. I can help you discover three to five areas where you will begin to explore, is this the area that God wants to use my spiritual gifts? It's not rocket science. It doesn't take, uh, it doesn't, it really doesn't take a lot of deep, deep, deep searching. God has wired you to serve him. And when you begin to understand what these spiritual gifts are, then our role in the church is help you to begin to use them, to develop it, to begin to see how you can flow with that spiritual gift because you're working in harmony with God. And so it's your divine design. It'll form around your heart, S, spiritual gifts, the H, your heart. Your heart is your passions. It's your desires. It's what drives you. I mean, there are some things that you are driven about, you're passionate about that others are not. Don't look at them like they're crazy. Why don't you see this? Something's got to be done because you feel it. It's your heart. It's your desire. But God's wired them for something else. They're more passionate about another area. There's the A, which is your abilities, natural abilities. Now be careful, God will use your natural abilities, but you also have spiritual gifts. And when the two things link together, man, it's like wind in the sails of your life because he's using you the way he's naturally created you and he's giving you spiritual gifts. And when those come together, man, you begin to see joy rise up. In fact, I have found in my own life that my spiritual gifts, being honest, being transparent, my spiritual gifts keep me pressing into God. I need God to fulfill the spiritual gifts that he's given to me. Natural abilities come naturally. If I was in the church or out of the church, yes, I want God's blessing, but he's already given me the ability to do that. Now I want him to anoint it and empower it, but it's already an ability. And so when I link that with spiritual gifts, man, all of a sudden I'm pressing in and saying, I can't do this. I can't do this until you anoint me and you use me. I mean, I, I need you here, Lord. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. I need you. I've said many times, maybe it's no secret to you, but public speaking for me, preaching and teaching is a spiritual gift. It's not a natural gift. If you hang around with me, you know that I'm not just, I'm not just bubbly talking and, and uh, sharing everything with you. I'm not a natural teacher or preacher. It is a spiritual gift. I went to speech class in elementary school all the way to fifth grade. I, I would stutter words out. I couldn't get the right words. I'll still say words wrong all the time, right? And so give me a little grace when you hear it because I, I mean, I'm still a work in progress. And so when I step out, man, my stomach in the morning is like just going nuts and it's just like, what are you about to do? It's the anxiety, it's the nerves. I'll walk away and the enemy, by the way, the enemy always comes and he attacks your spiritual gifts. He attacks when you're serving God and he'll begin to whisper in your life, you're terrible. 
Someone said the other day, man, it felt like you just rushed through that sermon at the end. Man, you, were, you had us right there. And I was like, really? I said, I felt like nobody was listening. And I wanted to get off that stage as fast as I could. I mean, I wanted to get out of here, you know? And, and, and why? Is this a spiritual gift? And that spiritual gift has insecurities. Your spiritual gift will have insecurities. That spiritual gift is where the enemy will attack. But it's that spiritual gift that says, God, if this is what you desire, if this is what you've called, if this is what you want, then God, here am I. Use me because I want to build the body of Christ. And so because it's a spiritual gift, it doesn't mean it comes easy to use the gift. You got to develop that gift. You got to grow in that gift. So for over 30 years, I've been full-time in ministry. I've worked hard to develop the gift and I'm still working hard because the problem with communication is it's always changing. I mean, what, what used to be good communication now puts people to sleep. Did you watch the inauguration? People were falling asleep, not because of the president, but because we have different times and all of that. Changes that are happening and so many things that are around us that just requires us to keep growing. And so I keep growing. God, help me know how to communicate it. What are illustrations? What are ways? How can we continue to be used by God, it requires us to keep growing. Can I hear an amen? Spiritual gifts, our heart, our ability, our personality, and our experiences. I don't have time to unpack all of that, but in our school of discipleship, we walk you through that. A passionate scripture for me is found in Acts 20, 24. Acts 20, 24, my life is worth nothing to me, what unless, circle it, I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me finish this thought and go to the last thought on the purposes of God, is that your ministry is for God. Your ministry is unto God. Paul said, my life is worth nothing unless I do it to finish the work of God. People pray all the time, God, use me. God, uh, I want to serve you. God, here's my life. Do something great through me. What I'm saying to you today is that you serve God. You serve God by serving one another. You serve God by using your gifts with others. You see, on earth, it's impossible to serve God directly. Hear me. If you want to serve God, if you want to be used by God, if you're saying, God, in 2021, it's a, it's a restart, it's new beginnings in my life, then you've got to understand that the only way that you can serve God on earth is by serving other people. God says, whatever you do to help others, to help them grow and mature, Ephesians 4 says to, to come to maturity in the faith, God says, when you're doing that, you're serving me. As I said earlier, it's so easy to get caught up living a self-centered, self-focused life. But when we begin to push out of that, ministry is for the body of Christ. Ministry is to grow the body of Christ into maturity. So when you begin to do that, you're serving God. So hear me, you cannot, you cannot serve God if you're not serving God's people. You don't serve God directly. You serve God indirectly by serving his people. 
When you serve a lost and a dying world, that is your mission. Your ministry is to the body of Christ. Your mission is to the world. It's to reach a lost and a dying world. So the action step I wanna challenge you on is I wanna challenge you, if you're not serving in a ministry, it's time to get started. It's time to take that step. Maybe you served God long ago in a church or, or maybe you used to and things have taken you out of serving. It's time to get back. I was talking to someone the other day in the church a long time, but over the last several years, they've gotten out of the church and they virtually watch several through the week at home. But they said to me the other day, they said, you know, Pastor, it's time for me to get back into church and it's time for me to begin to serve in ministry again. Why? It's because just nurturing your relationship with God, to know God and to love God is only one of the purposes of God. You gotta love one another. You gotta grow deeper into the character and the nature of God and you gotta serve God by serving one another. The last point I'm gonna cover today, we'll pick up more next week on what I don't cover this morning. The fifth purpose that God's given to each and every one of us to know the purposes of God, to live your best life, the fifth purpose is to share the message of hope. The message of hope for you and I is the good news of Jesus Christ. It's the message that God loves us, that he's died for us. He's given his life for us. And that through Jesus, we can be forgiven. Through Jesus, we can have reconciliation with God because sin no longer separates us. And now we can come to him. It's the good news. Jesus came and gave his life so that all could be saved. We call it the message of hope. And that's why we say we're messengers of hope. I know that the good news is, is, is something many will say I'm supposed to share, but I don't know how to share. Well, can I tell you quite simply, all you have to do is share your story. Share what God has done in your life. Share how God has brought you to this place and what he's doing and and working in and through you. This place, not as a building, but this season of your life, where you're at with him, you just begin to share your story. In fact, in a two or three minute little, maybe practice it with somebody, maybe life groups, you should practice it. Get it to two or three minutes. We often call it the elevator talk. Get it to a couple minutes where, what was your life before Christ? How did you come to know Christ? And now, what is Christ doing in your life? Maybe another way to say it is BC, before Christ, what was your life like? Now, don't glorify it. Don't go too deep unless it's something that really brings the transformational story of what God has done. But before Christ, what was your life like? And then, how did you come to know about God's love and receive the message of salvation? And since then, A.D., after Christ, what has God been doing in your life? All of us should be able to do that in just a few moments. Let me share with you a scripture in John. John 17 and verse 18. Jesus said, just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. Who is them? 
disciples. The Hebrew word is tamids, followers of Christ. Those that are taking the principles of Christ. Those that are desiring to develop the character of Christ. Those that are growing their roots deep and they're becoming transformed. As you have sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. We're to be a witness everywhere to everyone. Everywhere we go. Some of you said it right. I said it wrong. Everywhere we go to everyone we meet, regardless of your career. Again, you may be a truck driver. You may be a doctor, an accountant, a stockbroker. We have all of that in our congregation. You might work in the service industry. You might be in sales. Regardless of what your profession is, you are his witness. Share his story wherever you go. If people aren't comfortable coming into a physical location, then invite them to watch virtually. Share your watch parties with them. If they're comfortable to come into a, into a, a personal service, a live event, then invite them to come with you. Go to lunch with them afterwards. Get together because what you're doing is you're opening doors for you to share your story. Do you know that 75% of the people say, and the number fluctuates, sometimes I see it 60, 75% of those that are outside the church say if they were invited by a friend, they would come. Now, sometimes we invite and they don't come and so we quit inviting. My prayer for you, the action step, the challenge for you and I is keep praying for them. Those that are in your sphere of influence, those that have yet to surrender their life to Christ, keep praying for them, keep sharing, keep inviting, keep asking. Why? Because Jesus has called us to do it. John 15, 16, he said it this way, you did not choose me, I chose you. I chose you and appointed you to go. Go and do what? Bear fruit and fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. My wife and I talk about this really a lot. We've dedicated our lives to serving God, to going. Going to the mission field, going in ministry, going whatever God has desired, to bear fruit and fruit that will last. And then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. You see, you're gonna walk in favor and blessing. God's gonna meet your needs as you take care of his work, you take care of his house, that you advance his kingdom, I guarantee you he'll meet your needs in your life. Can I hear an amen? I think Jesus is gonna ask us when we stand before him, where is your fruit? And I wanna be able to say, God, the fruit of my life has been to honor you, to serve you, to grow in you, to worship you, to love you, and to share your message of hope everywhere to everyone in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want you to pray with me. Those that are watching virtually, those that are in the building, I want you to pray with me. Those that are in the building, would you stand? Those that are virtually, I want you to lean in for this closing prayer. Now, I know I didn't finish the second part. Some of our campuses probably will. But I guarantee next week I'm going to get to the second point, not the whole sermon, but we're going to make sure that we touch it because the second point of this sermon, the second point of how to live your best life is to know the purposes of God. But the second 
is that we've got to run towards the purposes of God with persistence in our life. If this ministry is making an impact in your life, why not help us make an impact on the lives of others by partnering with us today? You can give through our CLC app or at clcftl.org forward slash give. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe for more inspiring messages like this. Now go and be messengers of hope.